Okay, podcast number two. Talking about anticoagulation-induced bleeding states. What a complex topic. Took me you know, quite a while to emerge from the rabbit hole of reading all the uh, literature that's out there, various case reports and whatnot on uh, anticoagulation-induced bleeding states and what to do. And by and large, when you get into a situation where the um, topic is very complex and you need to make fairly rapid decisions in emergency medicine, we generally rely on uh, heuristics to uh, assist us. What is a heuristic? A heuristic is basically a mental shortcut to decrease the cognitive load of decision making. And we use these all the time in emergency medicine. They help us get through help us get through some uh, serious jams uh, in terms of complicated patients and things happening very rapidly. So I boiled the whole everything I've read down into a, a, a heuristic that I can chunk out into four considerations when you're looking at a patient who has anticoagulant-induced anticoagulant uh, bleeding or where you need to reverse anticoagulants. Four steps. First step, uh, what's the drug? What's its mechanism of action? Second step is, if you did nothing, when would the patient achieve hemostasis? Just based on the drug, um, its dose, its time interval, and the patient itself. Step three, when do you need hemostasis? When do you want hemostasis? Do you want it now, or do you need it eventually? And step four, pick your intervention um, from the basic uh, interventions that are out there. Talk about that in a little bit. Okay, so drug and mechanism of action. Time to hemostasis if you did nothing. Time when you need hemostasis. And then four, pick your intervention. Now, step one, pretty straightforward because most of these drugs either fall into two categories. They're either platelet um, uh, drugs or clotting cascade drugs. And it doesn't get any more complicated than that. you got your aspirins, your 2B3As, your ADP receptor uh, uh, drugs, etc. Uh, those are your platelet drugs, and if you've got one of those, um, you can put it into one box, and pretty much all the rest fall into the other box affecting the clotting cascade. You don't need to know the whole clotting cascade uh, to understand what's going on. You just need to know that the whole point of the clotting cascade is to make fibrin. Thrombin makes fibrin. Factor 10A makes thrombin. Okay, And that's why all these drugs fall out as either factor 10A inhibitors, thrombin, um, uh, direct thrombin inhibitors, indirect thrombin inhibitors, you know, activators of antithrombin, et cetera, et cetera. You don't really need to know the extrinsic pathway, uh, extrinsic pathway and the intrinsic pathway, which I am sure everyone would agree is good news. All right, so identify the drug and understand its mechanism of action as falling into one of two categories, platelet or clotting cascade. Next step. When would the patient achieve hemostasis if you did nothing? Just based on drug metabolism, the patient's renal function, the patient's liver function, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So heparin, it's a heparin drip. You shut it off three to four hours. Um, the uh, situation uh, should uh, basically be reversed in terms of the heparin effects. Um, direct oral anticoagulants, they're BID drugs. Eight to 12 hours, you should see a um, reversal of the anticoagulant effect of those drugs. In the intermediate category, you got a low molecular weight uh, heparin and oxyparin. That could be up to a day, maybe within 12 hours. Uh, also a BID drug. 
Uh, you've got your long-acting drugs like aspirin, which is basically going to act as long as the platelet it's, uh, is around. So that's 8 to 10 days. Warfarin, many days. Uh, antiplatelet inhibitors, also the same phenomenon, uh, long-acting. So there are different categories of drugs based on the drug itself. What's the renal function? Um, dabigatran, uh, the direct thrombin inhibitor, is completely eliminated by the kidneys. Uh, if the patient has poor renal function, you've got a long-acting drug. Uh, what's their hepatic function? Uh, some of the factor 10A drugs are a mix uh, of uh, renal and liver metabolism. What did the labs show? Even the drugs that don't need um, monitoring uh, will have some evidence of effect even if it's just a qualitative effect uh, on uh, the INR, for example, for 10A inhibitors or the PTT for direct thrombin inhibitors. So those are helpful as well. And maybe, like I said, only if you're just looking at it as a qualitative uh, effect. Uh, what's the, my need for hemostasis? Is this a central nervous system bleed, an epidural, something I need to reverse quickly? Am I only reversing this so I can perform an invasive procedure? In which case, do I have time? Do I have an alternate? Um, is there a slow bleed um, in the GI tract, which is not hemodynamically of any consequence, and I don't need to reverse the patient's anticoagulation of their, uh, uh, for, for example, their mechanical heart valve or what have you? So what's my need for hemostasis? That's a clinical judgment, probably uh, one of the more important judgments you have to make in this situation. Uh, and uh, really is uh, case-specific. So you take all those three, and then you decide your need for intervention or not, and your interventions fall into, also fall into four basic moves. You're either picking an antidote, you're giving factors, you're giving platelets, or you're giving procoagulants. And you may be doing some of each. Um, giving antidote and a factor, for example, or giving platelets and an antidote, um, or giving all the above and a procoagulant. What are your antidotes? Well, DDAVP, I'm going to consider an antidote for platelet inhibitors, uh, aspirin, uh, plavix, etc. Um, and there's a lot of good evidence that it is uh, probably your go-to move to get uh, fairly rapid, within about 30-minute reversal of uh, the platelet effect of some of these um, some of these drugs. Uh, protamine. One-to-one -one reversal of heparin, depending upon the uh, time of the dose. Uh, low molecular weight heparin, not one-to-one, -one, like 60% reversal, so still useful there. Vitamin K, obviously, for warfarin and brodificum, rat poison-type uh, drugs. <clears throat> uh, very important to give that as part of the reversal agent. We got two new ones, one for Pradaxa, um, dabigatran, called idorucizumab. And um, this is a fab fragment that will bind uh, the uh, dabigatran. Uh, for the factor 10A inhibitors, we don't have a fab fragment. What we have now is adnexanet, which is not in the pipeline at this point, some literature out on it. It is a factor 10A decoy, basically fools the factor 10A inhibitor in going after uh, it rather than your own factor 10A. Okay. So about five antidotes. There may be more on the way. Don't know. But as long as we've got them classified when these things come along, we'll be able to uh, continue with our heuristic approach. Uh, the other choice, is, of course, is just giving factors. And a lot of studies show either success or not success. Uh, a lot of different factors out there. 
you got fresh frozen plasma, which contains factors um, that are not fairly concentrated, has a modest amount of volume to go with it. May not be a great choice in a patient, for example, who has renal failure or what have you. You got cryoprecipitate, uh, prothrombin complex concentrate of various types, three-factor, four-factor. You got activated prothrombin complex concentrate, recombinant factor 7A, tons of choices. A couple of caveats here is that generally um, they seem to work to improve the bleeding picture. In fact, many some studies show they reduce bleeding time depending upon the, the uh, drug ingested. They do not always improve coagulation assays, and so um, it, it is very difficult or maybe difficult clinically to know where you have a coagulation reversal or um, you have a patient who is still anticoagulated based on the coagulation assays. But they're part of your armamentarium and in all probability you're going to mix an antidote with a factor uh, when you're treating a patient who has a clotting cascade drug on board. Uh, number three is platelets and again you're probably going to mix DDAVP and platelets depending upon the severity of bleed when you're dealing with a platelet uh, uh, inhibitor such as aspirin etc. And then procoagulants you'll throw those in there based on whether you want to add the extra effort of creating a procoagulant state in other words actually in, encourage clotting uh, as opposed to purely reversing the anticoagulant effect of a drug. So you can go through some scenarios using this um, and uh, just to give you a couple of hypotheticals for example let's assume you have a patient on a fib uh, with a fib rather who's taking dibigatram um, if for prevention of stroke uh, last dose was yesterday, they have good renal function, their coags are normal. That patient might, uh, if they, let's, oh, let's say then they had a CNS bleed. That patient uh, may uh, uh, be not uh, coagulopathic at that moment. Um, assuming their good renal function has eliminated the bigotram, you may not want to take that chance. You might, might want to reverse them. You might want to take a watch and wait. Again, it turns out returns to uh, basically clinical judgment in that step three. When do I need hemostasis? Um, what about a patient with a mechanical valve on Coumadin? Maybe took their last dose today. Um, and let's say they have pericardial tamponade that's hemorrhagic. That's somebody you probably want to reverse right away. Vitamin K and prothrombin complex concentrate would be good choices uh, and would uh, get you... Uh, uh, a short-term reversal as well as reverse the vitamin K uh, uh, effect of the uh, Coumadin uh, over many hours. Uh, how about a GI bleed on aspirin? Maybe they have just melana, they have a good blood pressure, uh, they're on aspirin and Plavix. Do you really want to reverse that patient? They have a cardiac stent, let's say. Need to play that risk-benefit ratio. Make it um, a more um, a sicker patient with active bleeding, uh, then you're going to DDAVP and platelet transfusions. Uh, last case, dialysis patient with a DVT on a Pixaban. Um, they may be able to uh, metabolize that drug. They have some good liver function, um, but they have melana, uh, and their last dose was um, just before they arrived. You want to reverse that. You don't have a great uh, agent for that now. We may in the pipeline. You might want to consider prothrombin complex concentrate uh, for that patient. Uh, not a slam dunk in terms of reversing that patient's coagulopathy, but something to, um, something to uh, consider. 
So again, a, a, a kind of a, a complex uh, situation with lots of agents working um, uh, with different components uh, that need a lot of consideration. When you get to that point, um, you need to break things down into uh, as simple of a, of a uh, mental shortcut as you can. So identify the drug, pick its mechanism of action out as either being platelet or clotting cascade. Determine what you think would happen if you did nothing in terms of time frame and achieving hemostasis. Decide when you need hemostasis. Pick your intervention. Mix and match between antidotes, factors, platelets, and procoagulants. And that is the podcast. I hope that was helpful. Uh, let me know if um, I um, missed anything or you've come up with some other good ideas. Uh, really, the whole point of the podcast was to try to basically get this straight in my own mind first and see if I could uh, put it together for others as well. Okay, talk to you soon and look forward to it. Bye now.